When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is One Hate Minute. Drop of a hat, these guys will rock and roll. What's your name? Wayne Grove. Look like gangbangers working the local 7-Eleven to you. Robbery homicides take me. Give me all you got! Listen. Give me all you got! I do what I do best. I take scores. You do what you do best. Trying to stop guys like me. A podcast dedicated to all 170 minutes of Michael Mann's L.A. crime opus, Heat, one minute at a time. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to One Heat Minute. I'm your host, Blake Howard, and this is a guy sitting in front of me that I've been really excited to get back onto a podcast and uh, and chat to. He is a dear friend, a former contributor to Graffiti with Punctuation, um, now a contributor to An Online Universe, and a member of the Sydney film community and a festival nut. If you want to know what's happening in the film world, you need to talk to this man. His name is Andy Buckle. He's a dear friend. You can find him at AndyBuckle22 on Twitter. Andy, welcome. Thank you very much. Excited to be here and talk about... <laughs> What uh, I've decided is one of my top ten films ah, after yes! recently rewatching it, probably for about the fifteenth time. Um, so it's um, yeah, exciting to be here, and even if it's only a minute that we chat about, it's uh, it's a lot of fun. Oh, Andy! See, Andy knows all the right things to say at the beginning of a one heat minute podcast. Um, so, guys, without further ado, we're going to jump into this minute. The minute that we're at at the moment, we are at minute thirty-five. We are just. Backing up, you'd have heard Stu in the previous minute talking about uh, Albert Torina sort of finally giving Vincent Hanna um, and, and McKelty Williamson's Drucker in this scene, um, finally giving them a hint about, I've got a lead. My brother Richard's going to talk to you. It's basically what you would have heard in the previous one. He's in the middle of explaining where Richard is and what he's going to give him in this information. And it's in that minute. You guys can listen along and then we're going to come back and talk about it with Andy. No, he gonna meet you tonight. Tonight? What happened right now? I I I implored him because I knew you was coming this AM. That's a bunch know. of bullshit. No, no, I swear he he said no. Cause he in Phoenix. Ah, oh, by Rick, the time listen, I get listen, to man, Phoenix, I swear, I swear, man, tonight's the best be I can rising. do for you. He'll probably leave a note right on the door. Tonight's the best I can do for you, man. You know, he'll meet he'll meet you at. BJ's on Alvarado at 2 a.m. Be there. You be there, too. Vince, I can't be there, man. I got, I got things to do, Vince. I got things to do. I got, I got places to be. I got to be there. Don't waste my motherfucking time! What is it? Don't waste my motherfucking time! <laughs> so good, Andy. What a good minute. That's a fantastic minute. I mean, this is the conclusion of one of the funniest scenes in the movie, I think. <laughs> it is. It is. 
It is a funny scene. And, but what I think is a lot of people talk about the, you know, the gimme all your guts, you know, it's, it's, and, and even, you know, in our theme to one heat minute, you can hear the gimme all your guts. Um, because that's sort of the probably more infamously made fun of, like, People love to poke fun at the little sequences, right? And even if you love this movie. Um, but it's so funny to watch uh, the backflips that Albert has to do to even maintain Vincent being normal. Like, Because mm-hmm. the minute that Vincent smells that Albert's going to try and play, that's when I think he goes hypermanic and just, you know, and smashes something or does something and just keeps him, you know, on, on the edge. Such a great scene. Yeah, it is. And the, the actor playing uh, the other character... Ricky Harris. Ricky Harris. Um, does a fantastic job, sort of bumbling, trying to, <laughs> trying to appease Vincent. Uh, this, this glare, this, uh, this force that is Vincent Hanna. Yeah. And he's just trying to appease him and trying to... It's such a good bumbling... I yeah. love that word. It's such a good bumbling force because it doesn't feel fake no it just like to play that level of nervousness um and for it to come off so well is is excellent yeah there's a sense of an improvisation behind it as well um you know michael mann has told him invent a story like yeah why what's the deal with your brother where is he why can't he be here now and this it kind of it feels like an on the spot because he's in <laughs> like it even feels the way that the words come out of his face yeah. is like he's in thin I wonder if there's like eight takes where he just made up random mm. where he is he's in San Diego he's in somewhere else that's not here um but he'll come in tonight I love and like you're right with the glare like 34 you know for folks who are doing this minute by minute um just a reminder we are not on the definitive edition of Michael Mann's Heat yeah, there is a Blu-ray out if you're in Australia. It's at JB Hi-Fi. It's only 10 bucks. It's an absolute freaking bargain. Um, so buy it. It's absolutely great. Great special features. Um, but it is slightly shorter. And it is... There's some recolouring and there's some enhancements that have been done since what we're watching is a theatrical version. It was a DVD. If you've got the Warner Brothers DVD at home or you've got the Warner Brothers Blu-ray, that is the exact... You'll be looking at the exact minute and second as we're looking at the exact minute and second right now. You know, slightly scaled up, obviously, if you've got the Blu-ray. So we're watching the Blu-ray, and at literally 34 minutes and one second, Andy picked up. He's like, it's so funny to watch <coughs> Ricky Harris's Tarina bend to the glare. And that glare that Pacino's got on this free frame we're looking at is just like, you would melt in front of it. He's an intimidating dude and scary. <laughs> He's scary. And you get the sense that at this point, uh, Albert owes Vincent something. Oh, yeah. I mean, and he knows it. And there's no way he's going to get out of this. No. No matter how much he tries to talk his way He's already it. done... I'm a flamingo dancer. <laughs> I love that. It's like he's already done that sort of explanation. And he's like, what happened right now? I, 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 I. So good. Like, he's... And... What I love about when Pacino dials in the intensity and just like, let's like focusing super granular on like gestures is that he's like, De Niro does this perfectly. Brando is famous for it as well. It's just minimal movement of the mouth. Like, and this is early sort of Pacino acting craft is really focusing in minimal gestures, intensity of the eyes. And what's great about Ricky Harris's performance, he's such a big performer. He's got this scrunchy forehead and he's huge, 
big gestures like he's I'm and his, his mouth's moving huge gestures and so it's a great contrast not only of like shot reverse shot of you're sitting in Albert's chair experiencing what it's like to have Vincent talk to you but then you're sitting in Vincent's chair looking at Albert and there's kind of this strange thing like Vincent's ex- exaggerating himself but then when he comes back to that intensity it's really intimidating and Albert's just like stumbling trying it's it's like his stupid tweed suit I think I've mentioned it now three episodes in a row but his stupid tweed suit um it doesn't protect him he's not erudite he's scared of Vincent and he's trying to he's trying to do it he's trying to smile he's trying to please him he's using big hand gestures pause 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 he's, he's gonna come back he's, he's backed into a corner here even though he's on home home uh He's on home, home turf. He's on home turf, and there's space behind him, but you can feel like he's backed into a corner. Um, uh, Vincent's associates right there. Drucker, Drucker, McCarthy Williamson. McCarthy Williamson, great actor. Um, and so tall, like he's tall. Yeah. And if he's sitting on a table, if Al Pacino's staring you out, and on the corner of the table is like six foot three, McCarthy mm-hmm. Williamson, that's a scary conversation. <laughs> like he's a big, intimidating, angry dude. And then you've got Vincent like staring you out and going crazy. So he, you're exactly right. He's got like, he's in reverse mode, but he's trapped in a table. It's so good. Yeah, and and you can see that Vincent's interrogation technique, I guess, is unique to this character because they've got a they've got a past. Yes, but you, you get a, you get a whole sense of why he's so driven and so successful at his job is that he can he can get the information out of whoever he needs to get it out of. Yes, um, and yeah, uses. This intense, this intense stare. You know, it's nice to have a little henchman by his side, but um, yeah, it's it's a it's a really it's a really amusing scene, and when I watched it recently, you were I, just cackling. I was cackling, and but at the same at the same time, there's but it makes it, does it make sense to you? Like as far as his character, like the way that his method of interrogation or his method of intimidation, does that make sense for the character? Yeah, I think from what you've learned about him up until then, yeah, he, this is a guy that gets results, and this, this is a guy that. Um, straight away he thinks of he thinks of this idea like how am I going to get this information quickly I know a guy that owes me a favour so he's in control and he knows he'll get the results that he wanted you know he didn't expect to be going to somewhere at 2am to a club to him in the morning that's probably annoyed him yeah you know at that point Um, but he wants to make sure that Albert sees it through you be there yeah I love that that's (laughs) he's in Phoenix he sings this time I get to Phoenix, he'll be rising. And he's singing to him. So in this scene, you've got Al Pacino going like sort of full Pacino, really loud and big. <laughs> but then I think when he says, you know, be there, under his breath in that sort of menacing lower yeah. tone, it's completely opposing to some of those big theatrical comic. But what I love about, so you've got this theatricality. Just look at the reverse shot. When he's, when he's theatrical, so there's, he sort of, he 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 um, beautifully merges from a level of theatricality to back to like let's keep it together and very sort of calm. But when he's in the midst of theatricality, Albert is like he's not comfortable. No. That's not a comfortable look. Thirty-four minutes, twenty seconds. If you want to freeze frame, there's a look on Ricky Harris's face as Albert Torino, and he's looking at him, and it's like. This guy's a nut. Like, I can't reason with him if he's just crazily singing or shaking the table. And so Albert's desperate, even though it's pretty bloody intimidating, he's like desperate to drag him back to Vincent because then I can reason with him. And I think that's 
regardless of whether you prescribe to the sort of the new, you know, I guess it's like the, the redux theory of Vincent Hanna as a guy who used to take bumps of cocaine and that's how the character was, you know, contrived in Pacino's head and, and, and crafted in the performance, but they dialed it back significantly for the cut of the film. Um, I look at this and I go, how do you, if you're, if you're on this low run, you're a rat who's working for Vincent and you're trying to reason with him. How do you reason with him? When he's like singing and shaking the table. You can't. It's like, give him what he wants and he calms down. Or if I don't give him what he wants, he's crazy and he locks me up. Mm-hmm. You don't have it. There's no like, for me, when I look at his face, 34 minutes, 20 seconds, there's no middle ground to that. Is there at this point, does, does Albert not have the answer? Does, <laughs> does his brother even, you know, he, does his brother even really know that he's involving him at this point? I don't know. Is he, That's a is great he question. Kind of, is he kind of creating a situation he's he's buying time like he's in phoenix and he's gonna be at this club he's buying himself time to get his brother a great a great question and i think that if that's the if that's the thing if he is buying time because i I, i'm gonna i asked this of a couple of the guys as we were in the lead up to this because i've only sort of thought about it in preparation for these episodes you know rewatching these minutes and sort of going back through them do you think albert Torina knows the neil mccauley crew or knows of them because in that moment, I wonder if it's like, I've got to think of a way to give Vincent information that isn't directly incriminating me with Neil McCauley's crew. Because like, mm. I'm thinking like, you know, maybe it's just a theory and possibly it is and that's cool. But I think about that. But I love what you just said is like, he may not even have an answer right now. And the fact that he hasn't called Vincent back is probably evidence supporting what you're saying, which is that he doesn't have an a-, a good answer. So he's like, oh, my brother's in Phoenix at 2am. And he figures... If it's eight o'clock in the morning right now, I've got till two a.m. I've got like fourteen hours that I can drastically make things up and go from there and see how I'm going to go. And, and it could be a total shot in the dark as well. Oh, it's more. It's more that he, he owes Vincent. Vincent wants something from him. He, he thinks his brother will know someone. <laughs> Please, I hope my brother knows something. I hope yeah. he knows anything. And then, and then by the time, and then we won't talk about that that next scene. But uh, I guess to the point where. Um, it, it basically does go down the angle of being a complete loose end. Yes. Um, and uh, so it makes me think that at this point, yeah, Albert's kind of got nothing. He's and got he, nothing. And, and it's... And thank God for a nickname. But I think it's, I don't... I, yeah, exactly. I think it's, I don't... I don't think that Albert knows the Macaulay gang or anything like that. I don't think he's affiliated with them or makes the connection at this point. No. Uh, I, th- I think it's more about him kind of saving his ass and trying to get out of the, <laughs> the glare of Vincent. <laughs> you would, you would, excuse me for the coughs. Um, you'd want to. You'd want to get out of that glare. Mm-hmm. It's intimidating. And so as we watch the minute unfold, this is what's great, is that when he calms down, tell me more information He's going to be at this club. He's just like, oh, I'm making it up now. I'm going to be at this club, this time, 2 a.m. Exactly what you said. It's 34 minutes, 35 seconds. You be there. And he doesn't muck around with that. You be there. Then he starts... Vincent basically is prescribed to leave. Prescribed to leave. He's, he said his piece, smashes some more things off the table. Be there. 34 seconds. For, th- th- sorry, 34 minutes, 43 seconds be there like i'm not going to waste my time he's like he's he's about to say the great line but he's like i'm not going to waste my time for any more of your nonsense Mm. 
you make sure that you're there because I'm not going to go and look for your brother Richard. Who, who I don't even know who he looks like. I don't know what he looks like. When I get to the club, he won't be there. I'll have wasted my time. Yes. And, um, and this great moment where he's like still... He's reeling. This is a great performance. From re- like, forget about Pacino for a second. This guy has delivered an outstanding... He's a speaking role. He's in it for 10 minutes. He's a criminal informant. He's unforgettable. He's great. Absolutely. And he's, he's here just in shock reeling. Bang. 34 minutes, 50 seconds. Don't waste my motherfucking time. And then Drucker sort of... I love Drucker's look here. It's like, this is what actually makes me laugh more than anything else. Is McKelty Williams' Drucker, 34 minutes, 53 seconds, turns around and gives like, yeah, like, yeah, don't waste our time. Because I think at this point, uh, we've been introduced to Vincent's associates, that, that sort of close-knit group. But they don't have a... They don't say a lot. They're kind of in the background. No. But over the course of the movie, they do come into larger they, roles. Yes. Um, but you listen... And there's these scenes which are so focused on Vincent, but in the background you're learning a little bit about them. Yes. And how uh, how they trust him, how they will, will go with him with whatever decision he makes, um, and a bit about just their sort of temperaments. And so I love this scene, the fact that we see a couple of shots of... And he's like, I've been paging your ass all night. And what's cool is, the one of the previous scenes, like when he picks up the phone from Casals, and we mentioned it in, the, in an earlier podcast, is he picks up the phone from Casals, and his first question isn't about the Chihilis. He's going to his criminal informants first. He's like, tell me I'm trying to call back. And then Casales holds his phone at his end and goes, and asks Drucker, mm. the train call back. And you see, I almost think you can now reappraise that moment of McKelty Williams' performance of going, Mm-mm. because he knows this is gonna, this is the outcome. Mm-hmm. If Tarina doesn't come back to us, we're driving hours out of downtown. Yep. To go and harass this dipstick because he didn't get back to us. This flamingo dancing, tweed wearing, silver service in a dump yard place guy. We're going to go to his place. So it's, yeah, it's like, um, I love Vincent's crew having his back in every way. Mm. It's such a great, it's the same as Neil's crew having his back in every way. And yeah, you learn so much about him. And also Drucker, how Drucker will play on that sort of street level. But then when you see him react with Charlene. Mm. He's very sophisticated and yeah. very articulate mm. later in the film. Whereas in this moment, he's like, man, I peed your ass on that. I will peed you. Like, he's, like, emphasizing the street. And then when he comes back to Charlene or where he's, like, examining a crime scene or he's talking about something, he's very, you know, very specific and, and articulate. Yeah. I mean, and, and that look might also suggest that you're not out of the woods yet. We're yeah. going to call on you again. <laughs> this, this, is not, this is not what we wanted. This is, this is not... Uh, the favor, like, no, at all. This is half of a, an idea of a favor, <laughs> an, an idea that might might happen at two a.m. But at the end of the day, that look suggests we, 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 you'll see us again. Drucker says that look also says if that two a.m. thing doesn't reward us significantly, mm. you're fucksville. Yeah. Like, is no, there's no other way to put it other than to say you're in big trouble. Because this is going to go down this way. Now, what's great, we finish this, I guess, a major portion of the scene, 34 minutes, 56 seconds, and we see what is a fantastic scene coming up between, and again, another brilliantly non-LA part of LA, um, out on a... I guess you'd call it a veranda or I don't know, know, like a sort of an outdoor area um, with Tom Noonan playing Kelso. 
who Tom Noonan, a man frequent, you know, a collaborator from Manhunter. Um, but it's just an outstanding performer to have in another small role, which is why I want to credit Ricky Harris's performance. Um, because, you know, in a film, in the first podcast we talked about it, Mr. Luke Buckmaster sort of said in his research, he was like, like I was counting the speaking roles and there's 70 plus speaking roles mm. in this film. And, to, and, you know, to get Tom Noonan through, this is maybe a two minute to three minute yeah. sequence. He's talking to Kelso here. An amazing actor to have so small and so specific. Exactly. The, the cast is incredible. And I, when I rewatched it again, I didn't realize all these actors were in it. And I barely recognized Tom Noonan, actually, because I've seen him in a million a, things. A few, like, Charlie Kaufman movies. I yes. Think, like, Anomalisa. Most, his voice is yeah. everywhere. Yeah. But without a big beard and everything. Just bald hair, but no beard. So, um, yeah, it was, it was like, I was jolted when I saw him. Um, up here for such a short period of time but what a moment to end this chat on I mean I, I think if you want to quickly talk about the, the, the screenplay or, yeah. or the editing editing and the screenplay combined together um, this is an extremely efficient movie considering <laughs> it's, it's, a, two, it's three hours, three hours. Um, because the line that's about to come up is it's a bank that's it's all, a- and that's all you need to hear <laughs> you know having seen the first 34 minutes 35 minutes now you you know exactly what who, what what is there to discuss? Yes, and those words create that an, an immediate unease in you, and and the efficiency of also see this is what I talked about before, but it's so crazy that it's re-emphasized in this point is that Neil is barely waiting, and this is the I suppose what shows him the confidence and the. Uh, the proficiency of their crew. He's not even waiting a day, Andy. There's mm. no cooling off period. No. Vincent's in the thick of this investigation looking for anything. Mm. 9 a.m. tomorrow. And you know this is 9 a.m. tomorrow because Kelso and him are having the conversation at the bank. So yeah. there's no... It, there's a nice echo and time is passing really well. Mm. There is no discombobulation. We are following a sequence of time and he is so damned efficient to be like already having the next conversation about the bank. Mm, exactly. And he, he's there to learn about this, this job that, that um, John Voigt's brought to him. He's there discussing it. He doesn't really know exactly too much about it. No. We learn it's a bank and then we'll go on to the next scene and I'll, and I'll talk and I'll, and I'll discuss it. But stopping it there... You just think about there's no there's no need to lead in with unnecessary chatter like that. Probably been talking for a few minutes there before we join them, but it doesn't matter. No, we're there to learn that it's a bank. Yeah, and the cut from the, the scene before. Don't waste my motherfucking time. To <laughs> it's a bank. Michael Mann's not wasting our time. No, he's not. He's that's great. I've never noticed that. That's he's, so fantastic. He's, he's moving from scene to scene with incredible efficiency. When you think about these, you know. TV shows these days, 10 episode long, 10, 10 hours to cover a, a story like this. Yes. It takes all that time. If you were to take one of those big shows and condense it down to three hours, you hope it comes out like heat. Yes. That's how I think about it. Your dream, your dream would be that yeah. it could be heat. The, there's enough, there's enough stories. There's enough characters and, and subplots to fill a season yeah. of TV, but it's in this beautifully efficient three hours and um I, yeah i think that's i was um you know so so happy to see that moment just then actually because it's well i've never noticed that and that's uh, if i can say what my distinct joy is uh, is twofold one you would have heard some of the amazing guests i've already had on andy's a friend and also a great film mind 
And what I also love is that when I get to see the film heat again through the eyes of someone that I'm talking to, and it's the first time I've ever noticed the efficiency of Michael Mann literally from one beat to another, which is don't waste my motherfucking time. And he doesn't. He doesn't. In, in four seconds, we know that he's talking to Kelso about this bank job or a job. We knew it with Nate. It was a job. Now we know it's a bank job. And then now... You know, just as Hitchcock talked about, we plant the seed, we light the bomb under the table, we show the audience the bomb, and now we're waiting for the countdown and the conversations and the drama is happening, but we know in the back of our heads that that bank job is bubbling underneath. Annie Buckle, thank you so much for joining me for an episode of One Eight Minute. It's been a pleasure. Mate, I'm super excited that it made you top 10, and I know that you're going to join me for another minute soon, so I'm going to pause on your, how it got into your top 10 and why it got into your top 10 after your most recent viewing for our next episode. Thank you so much for joining me. Guys, thank you so much for listening. Please subscribe, rate, review, heat on iTunes. If you go to our website, oneheatminute.com, leads you everywhere that we are. Um, if we've missed a tidbit or you wanna, if you wanna communicate with us, you got any feedback, mail at oneheatminute.com. I am at Blake is Batman on Twitter. Andy is at Buckle22. Yes. Yes, at Buckle22. If you wanna talk about films or the 76ers that's where you're going to find Andy um, but you're going to find me there Andy thank you so much for joining me for an episode of thank you minute. very much cheers <laughs>